you. Now, take out your phone. It's big reveal time. Okay. Take out your phone. Like, literally, do it. Um, then, go to your app store. And while this video plays here in a second, you can download the brand new Element City Church app. Let's watch this. Here we go. Dan, thanks for doing that, because that was way cooler than my video I made. Um, <clears throat> but you can actually, and we know you live life on the go, so take us with you, and uh, you can access sermons, you can, there's so much you could do on this app, Effective Tonight, if you want to open it up, go all the way down to the homepage, if you want to hit Sermon Notes, da, 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 that takes you to what I'm going to blab about tonight. Um, if you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, it may have you download that, but you can actually get every different thing that's going on. If you want to fill out the connection card, you can do that. If you have a prayer request, you could do that. If you want to give, you can give uh, via the app. It's so super easy. Uh, you can connect with us. You can find out about, um, remember we have a tour of the new place this Thursday, either at 5.36 or 6.30 if you want to. Uh, all that information's on the app as well. And uh, everything kind of keeps updated with that. So, and there's playlist. If you want to kind of listen to the, play, uh, the playlist that you hear here, uh, either on Spotify or Apple Music, you can get that through the app too. So, <sighs> commercial's over. Okay, um, now if you have sermon notes, you have your Bible, go with me to Joshua chapter 3 and chapter 4. We're going to just take a, a little slice. It's actually two whole chapters we're looking at tonight. We started this series, and just a quick reminder, kind of recap about this. Joshua is a book in the Old Testament, right after the Pentateuch, so right after the five first five books of the Bible, and, and this is all about Israel kind of taking over the land, the promised land, going into Canaan that God promised to Abraham years and years and years before. Now he's fulfilling this promise that kind of got this 40-year hiccup where they didn't trust God. Now they're back here, and they're on this side of the Jordan River. They're getting ready to cross over, and tonight we're actually looking at them crossing over the Jordan, heading toward Jericho, which is where we'll be next week. And so it's this whole adventure that Joshua has, and we kind of looked at a couple different things and said, hey, this is some stuff Joshua called, or God called Joshua and commissioned him, and he still does that for us today. He puts a call in our life. He commissions us into activity for him, that we are, we are to keep going forward faithfully. That was the challenge that was given to Joshua in, in chapter one is, hey, you need to follow forward faithfully. It doesn't mean perfectly, but it means that you're faithful. When you fall, you get back up, and we're going to keep a short accountability, and we want to keep going forward in faith. And that last week, we looked at the story of Rahab and how God is always looking always at work redeeming and trying to draw people to himself, even in worst-case scenarios when you think that there's no hope. He's actually got a lot of hope to give. And so tonight, I want to look at two quick passages, and then we're going to have an exercise that we get to engage in during the after party that we want to do as a part of kind of a blessing for Catalina here and a blessing for all God has done in and through uh, our lives and what he's done in your heart over the last three and a half years if you've been a part of this journey with us. And it kind of correlates with this passage. And so in Joshua chapter three, starting in verse 14, here's what he says. 
So when the people broke camp, so God's saying, hey, it's time to move, it's time to go. When they broke camp they, to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. Now, what is the Ark of the Covenant? Well, if you've seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's kind of like that. Um, but not Hollywood. Uh, so it's, it's this that the priest would have carried everywhere, and it had uh, the Ten Commandments in it, had a few other things, and it represented the presence of God. And so the priests are going to go first. Now, the Jordan is at flood stage, uh, all during harvest. This is harvest time. Like, you don't cross the Jordan at harvest time, but God said, this is actually when we're going to do it, so let's do it. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water upstream stopped flowing. Okay, think about that. I don't know if you've ever been, like, we don't have water here. It's really hard to picture this. Um, if you've ever been like east of the Mississippi, ever been around the Mississippi? Anyone? Okay, that's water. Okay, we, we, have, we have what we call river that's actually sand. And it's a river walk, but let's be honest, it's a sand walk, okay? Um, so water just stops. I don't know about you, your faucet, you turn it off, the water stops. But like rivers, there's no faucet handle to rivers, right? But here, yet again, we see another miracle of God. He did this at the Red Sea when they crossed. Here they are again. They touched the water's edge. The water upstream stopped flowing. It piled up, which is the same Hebrew words it used for when, it, when God did it again, when they left Egypt at the Red Sea, when they were crossing through that as Pharaoh's army was coming after them. This is the second time you see that. In a heap, great distance away, to a town called Adam in the vicinity uh, of this other town, while the water flowed down to the Sea of Erebeth, or the Dead Sea, stopped. It was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite of Jericho. So we, that's where we're going next week. They're opposite of Jericho. They cross over on dry land. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dry ground while all of Israel passed by until the whole nation had uh, completed the crossing on dry ground. Everybody gets over. It's an all skate. Everybody goes. It's amazing how this should not have happened, and yet it happens again. And then God says to Joshua, you go get 12 stones that were from the middle of the Jordan that was just overflowing and then stopped. You go get 12 stones from there and you bring them with you to where you're camping and I want you to build a memorial. I want you to pile them up and I want you to remember what just happened. Anyone struggle with forgetfulness? Did I ask that question? Anyone struggle with forgetfulness? I couldn't remember if I asked it or not. Um, so, <clears throat> It's amazing what the human brain can do, right? Three pounds, they say, ish, give or take. It's amazing what your brain has been wired and created to do. It's a miracle in and of itself, the capability of what you're able to do, the potential with that. What you're able to remember yet all of the things you remember, how many of you struggle remembering your password, your PIN number, details about vacations or trips that you've taken? Uh, I know wives don't struggle with that because my wife remembers who she went to kindergarten with. I'm like, I, I don't remember kindergarten. Um, I don't think I went to school. Uh, maybe old classmates' name, you see them in Costco and you're like, hey, you, 
No one else struggles with this? Okay. Um, I apologize if I call you you. Uh, it's, it's my brain. It's two pounds. It's, I, I, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, maybe you've been to a restaurant before and you're like, oh, that's such a good dish. And then like six months later, you come back to that same restaurant. And you're like, what did I order last time? It was so good. And you have no clue, right? That you, you seem to forget. You struggle with maybe remembering things. The average human processes some 70,000 messages or thoughts a day. A hundred billion neurons in your brain making up connections that science says is almost uh, insurmountable what you could actually remember, yet all of us only use 10 plus percent of our brain power of what we actually have. Maybe for some of you, you're really smart. You're like at 12, okay. Um, memories start forming at four months in the prenatal uh, period, the stage of life. They say at four months that the average alarming rate of development in early pregnancy, the neurons are firing at 250,000 connections in development a minute. Think about that. Like, that's mind-blowing, right? Of how much your brain can actually do, yet we as a humankind seem to struggle remembering stuff. And right here in this moment, we're, we're learning a little small principle that God gave to Joshua, and I, and I think what he wants to make a rhythm in a pattern of our lives today is that we need to be people who create kind of these memory markers, if you will, that we would be people who would create markers in our life where it ties it to a memory of what we've seen God do, that we're called to be people who remember God's activity in our life and in our presence, that we're not to just skip over. And so often in our culture, we pray and pray and pray and ask God for his activity. It's awesome, we need it, we need it, we need it, we need it. He does it, and then we're on to number next, just as fast, because there's always another need, right? There's always another desire, there's always another dream. And it's not that we shouldn't chase those, but maybe there's moments, some a rhythm of our life that we should create these memory markers where we remember what God has done in our lives. And we take a moment and, and we remember and we kind of write this stuff down, we, we seal, we journal, whatever we want to do with it so that we don't forget because we have a, a tendency to have a very cluttered mind which can actually lead us to focusing on the wrong things and the things that aren't the most important. We need memory markers in our life. We need to be constantly reminded. Do you know that's why through the Old Testament so often you can see all these festivals that the Jewish people uh, participated in? Do you know why God did that yearly? Take a wild guess. So they'd remember. Because he's the one that's created us. He knows our memory struggles at times. He knows this idea of remembering is a struggle for us at times. So I'm convinced that's why the scriptures in the New Testament say, don't give up the habit of meeting together, as some do. But remind each other, encourage one another, build each other up all the more as you see the day of Christ approaching. That there's something about even just being a part of a church that is it helps us remember what matters most and who matters most, that keeps us grounded, uh, that when we are distant from that, it's really easy to drift. I don't know if you've ever noticed that in your own life or in others' lives, or maybe you've seen it happen to friends. 
And there's this drift that can happen. And we're called to say, hey, the crux of this story, maybe the crux of our life is, hey, when God's activity is in your life, make it a part to, to remember that to take a moment to kind of seal that. Joshua chapter three and chapter four, it's all about this crossing of the Jordan, and it's this idea of, okay, these 12 stones were to go to be set up. Here's, in chapter four, here's what it says. Joshua set up at Gilgal. This is where they went to camp out uh, just a little ways from Jericho, and he said they set these 12 stones up that they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground, and if you want to add in, it was harvest season and the banks were overflowing, that's just icing on the cake. They crossed. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord, the hand of Yahweh is powerful, and so that you might always fear Yahweh your God, that you might live in this growing connection of not just being afraid of God, it's not this idea of fear, but this idea of reverence, of how powerful and personal God is, that he would do that for his people, that this memorial was to help them remember, it was to trigger things, Some of you, when you take tests, you have triggers. You write, you doodle. How many of you are doodlers? I love to doodle, and it helps me in my test. I can able to recall and remember. I can remember that doodle on the page, and I can seem to remember the things next to it, and that can help me in recall. That's what this is. It's a recall. It's this idea, this practice of remembering that God is always at work. In chapter 5, verse 1, here's what he says. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan, all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard about how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over, their hearts melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. See, God was at work preparing the land, preparing the promised land for his people, and they hadn't done anything yet. It's amazing. God's working miracles, and yet he doesn't want them to forget. He doesn't want them to lose sight. Every one of them was to remember because every one of them was a witness. And I wonder about our lives, and we pray for our needs to get met, and it's so easy to move on to number next instead of taking a moment to maybe seal and remember, or to occasionally throughout your year go back and remember. I've been doing a lot of remembering over the last three and a half years, the opportunity for for us to get here, and I don't have time to tell you stories, just the mere fact that we even got in here was a God story that I wish I had time to share with you because we've unpacked it a little bit, but it was so much bigger than that. The mere fact that as we baptize people tonight, we're up over 60 baptisms in three years. That's amazing. That's life change for people. That's all God's activity. That isn't anything that we did. It's what God's doing. And we need to remember that. It's, think of all the thousands of pounds of food we've been able to give out into this community to help people with real needs and begin to draw them to say, hey, maybe there's a spiritual hunger or a spiritual thirst that's also a part of your life. We had our thirst, our hunger met in this relationship with Jesus. What would it be like to begin to pray and ask for people 
to consider, to think about that. That we are to have a renewed mind, Romans chapter 12 says. And the practice of remembering needs to be a rhythm of our life. Remembering God's activity and his interceding on behalf of us. That the cluttered and distracted mind poses a unique danger in our lives. It can make us forget the things that matter. Forget the one who matters most and actually begin pursuing the things that matter least. And that's why these memory markers are to be a part of our life. This practice of remembering, this idea of it builds our trust in our relationship with God, the one who has helped us in the past, helps us currently, and will continue to help us securely into the future. I think that's why Jesus said, hey, these two sacraments I give you, baptize, to baptize someone in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is to let them know, hey, you're part of a family of God now. That communion, what we'll celebrate in a moment, taking this bread that represents Jesus' body broken for you, this cup that represents his blood that was shed on the cross for the forgiveness of your sins and mine, that these are memory markers. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of who? Him, of me. He said, do this because it will keep your mind focused on what matters most and from drifting. Remembering matters because it refuels our soul. It reinvigorates our minds. It refreshes our hearts. And it reinforces our love for Jesus. It grows our gratitude for all he has done and all he has yet to do. And so as we stand here, at the, the break of one chapter, moving to another chapter as a church, individually and corporately, it's exciting, and we wanted to take a minute to actually remember. And so what we wanted to do is uh, we have some rocks outside, and we want to create our own kind of memory marker tonight. And so the invitation real quickly will be, as we are dismissed, so after we sing, and Brian's got a couple of announcements, sometime during the after party, we're going to invite you. We've got some markers and some rocks that you can write on. And maybe just a few suggestions of what you might want to do with that. Maybe you're going to write on your rock that, uh, hey, God, I'm really thankful for what you've done in my life. And it's going to be a word or two. It's going to be a phrase. It's going to be a sentence that matters to you, what God's done in your life. And we're going to put it into something that we've created here that we're going to put a little plaque on. And it's a kind of a blessing over the school because maybe that's something else you want to write. Maybe you want to write a blessing or a verse or a small prayer for Catalina High School, for the staff or for the teachers, for the students here. Maybe you want to write a song, maybe lyrics of a song that's meaningful to you that God's used to kind of refresh your heart over the time. Then you're going to have an opportunity to do that. Maybe you want to simply write a, a word or a phrase of blessing for the school, blessing for this area of town, blessing for our city. Maybe you just want to write uh, something that's recently been happening in your life. And so you're going to have a moment, and I want to encourage all of us to do this. So we got plenty of rocks out there. John and Carol, thank you for bringing those. Um, and we've got markers out there. And so tonight we wanted to create our own memory marker, if you will. This practice of remembering is meant to be a rhythm of our life. And so this week, not just with this exercise, I want to encourage you to take five minutes and just remember this last year, the last 12 months, what has God been doing in your life? How have you seen his activity? And take a moment and to thank him for it. 
And so as we move to communion, uh, that's what we do in communion every week. And so as a follower of Jesus, you're welcome to participate in that, that as we take that bread, take that juice, we remember his sacrifice, his life, his death, and his resurrection, most importantly. That he made a way for us to have life with God through faith in him. And so as we sing this last song together, this is what we're gonna enjoy and be a part of. And tonight, I hope you have a great celebration. We're gonna have a great time. And take a few moments and think about what you'd want to write on your rock. We'll have a few people out there who will help you place that in the cylinder that Mick made that we're leaving here at the the school. And uh, we'll have a plaque made to put on that um, to let them know it's kind of a blessing over the school. I think it's going really cool. And you'll see it every time you drive by here. You can see it. It's, well, not huge. You'll see it when you walk up to the door. Um, But it'll be a unique opportunity for us to bless the school and to, to just tell God thanks for what he's done the last three and a half years here, what he's done in your life. And so let me pray for us as we move to communion. Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to, uh, uh, to be with you, to understand that you're a God who's always at work, that you're a God who loves to, to help us, that meets us where we need it, that your activity gets put on display your attention, your affection into each one of our lives. For some of us, that's been really clearly on display. We've seen it, we've tasted it, it's been so good. For others, maybe we're in a season where we need you and we need your activity. So would you awaken us again to what you've done in the past, that you're God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you promise that just as you helped in the past, you will help now and you will help and you will never leave nor forsake us. So as we take this bread and this juice, remember your sacrifice, Jesus, we thank you again for your love for us, your love for me. We are so grateful. Father, we ask your blessing over this place and over us as a people for the chapters yet to be written. We thank you and give you praise for everything that's been written so far. It could not have been done without you. And would you lead us forward and write a whole bunch more for changed lives, for your kingdom's sake. 